Oh boy, we have got a uh, we've got an episode for you guys. This is the Mets Up Podcast, episode two hundred one, the official podcast of the New York Mets. We got to talk about this uh, nightmare of a series that was down in Atlanta. Second nightmare series, it feels like in a row in that city. That oh boy, do I have a strong disdain for the city of Atlanta right now, man. Oh man, was this series a painful, awful nightmare? Whatever word you want to describe it none of them are good none of them are good can't sugarcoat this one it was a bad bad series and uh it hurts it definitely hurts as a met fan so i don't know i don't even follow us on social media met stuff i don't listen to us subscribe i don't know james i just want to start talking about it i can't i can't even do that i can't i'm like pretend like you know we're excited to tell you where to follow us i I, I need to talk about what just happened which it's, it's just a bad taste in the mouth right now no, this is as devastating and demoralizing I've ever felt about the Mets series that wasn't in like at least September. This is just, this is terrible. It's the first time in team history, I said in the broadcast, that they've blown at least a three-run lead in three consecutive games. It's now a six-game losing streak. Every single game has been decided by three runs or fewer. There's, there's been so many like little moments that could have changed the outcome of any of these three games, and like every single one went the other way. Like a team that we just like watched last year found every way to win right now is just finding any possible way to lose and just feel it adding up and you're adding up and you're almost like waiting for the other shoe to drop like game three Thursday night is just as as many runs the Mets kept getting they kept not being able to blow the doors off it and you kept just feeling like there's just yeah you do every every relief pitcher just there was a little too much it was a little too much it was a little too much and eventually it just broke the camel's back and it's just wow where what, what happens now I think uh, the best way I can describe the feeling going into this game tonight, especially in the ninth or 10th inning was, or ninth inning even was a friend of mine who was watching the game with shout out Ernie. He goes, going into the ninth inning, it feels like we're losing right now, even though we're up one. That's just kind of the feeling that I feel like a lot of us Mets fans just have right now after watching this really awful losing streak that they're on. And especially the way that they lost to the Braves, like you said, blowing three games in a row with three run leads it just is not particularly fun, enjoyable. Nothing, Nothing's going right. Anything that could go wrong right now feels like it is. Pete Alonso gets hit in the wrist, sent back to New York for CT scan, MRI. I mean, you could go throughout every single game in this series and find something that could have gone either way, and it went against the Mets seemingly every single time. Seemingly. Yeah, I mean, you score 15 runs in two games with Max and Verlander, and they give up 11 combined. It's just... Like the bolts for the bullpen to be taxed on a back-to-back days where those guys are pitching, it's just it's demoralizing. It's really that's like that's the only way to describe it. And like you watch the Braves on the other side, and they're so comfortable playing against the Mets. They're having so, so much fun. They're acting like such jerks. Oh, I I can't stand playing that team and going to that ballpark. It's so awful. It's just God, we, it's it's pain. It's, real, it's pain everywhere right now. Jameis Winston, I, I really hate the Braves. I really hate them. I mean, we had what the first. 10 years of our lives, the Braves won every single division from 96 until 2006. So they won every division the first 10 years of our lives. And then they had, what, like two years of being okay? And then they just went back on another run. They won the World Series recently. We know what it, what happened last year. I mean, I, I, hate, I hate the Braves so much. Always hate the Braves. But I'm getting a newfound hatred for this team. Like, I hate the players now. I hate, the, I hate everything. I hate the city. Whatever it is. Their stupid chance, everything. It's so, 
I want I want to snap things. I want to break things. I got an expo marker, just snap it. But that, you know, then I, I make a mess, and then I have to clean that up, and then I'm angry because the Braves made me clean up a mess from breaking an expo marker. It's just I don't. I really don't even know how to articulate what happened because it was just not good. It just wasn't good. I mean, they just they just like they unraveled all three games, like every single one. It was just like. I don't know if the first one was weird because Carrasco was pitching so well, then you like, you felt it kind of going wrong and then he comes back out for the sixth inning. And then you're like, Oh no. And then they start scorching the ball and they get a, a couple runs in and it's just, he's leaving the ball up and it's like, Oh God, like we're, it's, and it all definitely like comes back to the fact that there's just, there's just, there's just, there's, you never have enough pitching and the Mets definitely are on the latter end of that right now, where it's just, you want more outside of these guys and need not like one more inning out of these guys. And you just, you go, you try to sneak it through the hole and you just can't get it. And, it's just adding up game after game, day after day. Like you lose six games in a row by three runs or fewer. It's just like, oh my, there's so many opportunities to win. We had, again, a lead by at least three runs in every single game of the series. And to not even put one of them out is, again, to, like not even just demoralizing. It's statistically improbable that that even could happen. Yeah, I mean, the, the Braves, like you said, they looked fired up to play us. Even when they were down, they were still very in it. They were still very locked in. It felt like it felt like they had a lead. It didn't feel like they were coming from behind. It felt like they knew that we were going to be able to come, or you know, they were going to come back and do this. And I just didn't get the same vibe. I just didn't get the same vibe that we saw a lot last year. Where, I mean, this team they did battle. I think offensively, like speaking, the offense did battle at times. We didn't get some big hits that would have helped a little bit later in games. But I mean, even looking at Game Three. See, Francisco Alvarez is still raking the ball all over the field. Had a great series in Atlanta. Lindor actually started to swing the bat a little bit better, which is good. McNeil always hits against Atlanta, but like it just wasn't enough because whenever we needed like the big, big hit towards the end of the game, we couldn't get it. And I, I think the biggest issue, and I, I don't think anybody's blind to this, is that, like you said, not enough pitching, not enough quality pitching right now or quality performances by our pitching, and it just is all adding up and it's snowballing rapidly. Like it, the, the bullpen, it feels like, everybody's pitching every single night at this point. And it's it's really hard to win games when you feel like you're playing catch-up a lot of the times or you don't even have guys at 90, uh, 80% of what their best is. And it felt like the Braves were able to like extract life from the Mets not like cashing in there like many opportunities, like especially looking back at Thursday's game. Like Mets opened up a 6-3 lead off Spencer Strider, who they just own, which is the craziest part about this entire run of the last six, yeah. like eight, eight months here of the Mets not being able to do anything against the Braves. That's Spencer Strider can't do anything against us. But you take a 6-3 lead after Brett Beatty's RBI single, which was a great piece of hitting opposite field shot on an outside pitch. Good to see him swing the bat better, especially on Thursday. Get to lift that ball a little bit. And then you, they just were very aggressive, at least early in this game. It, Lindor and Beatty, the double stole with one out. And then you have, you're up by, you're up six to three. You're ready six runs, Spencer Strider, in two, two and a third's innings. And you just, you can't, you can't get that run in. Tommy Pham, Omar Narvaez, like, over two right there. You're like, oh, to a couple, like one, even one single there. You make it eight to three in the third. That feels like a much more devastating yeah. lead than six to three. Then immediately, the next inning, the Braves come back against Justin Verlander and scratch a couple across. And then happen even more so in the ninth inning where, Oh my God, your base is loaded. One out oh. of Jesse Chavez. The Mets have never hit Jesse Chavez. I can't, I no. can't watch Jesse Chavez pitch. I love pitching so much. I, I love can't. the Weavers. You guys know that. And he's just throwing 90 mile an hour. He's everything you hate. Edges. Oh my, he's everything I hate. I hate him. I hate him. I don't, I don't like watching a pitch. I don't like looking at him. I don't like hearing his name. I don't like seeing his stupid glasses. <laughs> I hate him. Oh my God, I hate him. Is it mean to say he's ugly? Because he is. Like, I can't stand the guy. <laughs> and then you have oh, bases loaded, one out, and you're only up one. 
and you can't even scratch one of those insurance runs across. And when that inning ended, you saw all the Braves get so jacked mm-hmm. up. You're like, it's all rolling down one. This is easy. And oh my God. And every, like Orlando Arcia, Michael Harris, like got every single spot in the order. There's no, there's no let up. You can't, you can't. It felt like that again, probably against us tonight too, because we just kept turning the lineup over and everyone was hitting. But you just felt them. Even in the game on Wednesday, like Ronald Acuna makes a, scales the wall for a crazy catch on Thomas Taylor. <laughs> yeah. The base is loaded to only allow run one run to score. And so the lead, that was at that point, that made it the tie game. You would have taken the lead there. You would have taken the lead right back from the Braves and they took it from you. And you, feel, you felt yeah. them take that next inning. The inning after that, Michael Harris makes a complete miracle catch in center field, just sticks his glove yeah. up, look what I found. And then on my jinx, of course, because I had to get the guy going, he hits a freaking mammoth of a home run to to win the game. It's like, ah, where where they found so many sources of energy, so many ways to like spark their team and gain momentum. And every single time it was the Mets chasing them. Yeah, no, they they made big plays. They made big plays and capitalized off them. We had big plays in the series. Like, we had the Alonzo home runs, the Lindor home run, Alvarez. Like, you mentioned that big Beatty hit. Tommy Pham with some big – I mean, he's swinging the bat really well. But it's just – it feels like that extra that we need because the pitching has not been as strong as we had hoped or need – honestly, as strong as we need. Don't even worry about hoping right now. We need them to be better. It's just we can't – when it rains, it pours. And it's like when the offense hits, the pitching doesn't. When the pitching pitches, the offense doesn't hit. Nothing is cohesive right now. And it's just, it's really, really, I mean, I can only imagine how frustrated they are. It's frustrating as a fan. I'm sure as a player, it's got to be like, what in the world do we have to do right to try and win a baseball game? Because every single button right now is that's being pushed or whatever, whatever's going on is just, it's not right. Nothing's working. Yeah, like how many times in the last like 15 years of watching baseball have you seen Justin Verlander like lose his command? Like that was like that was shocking. I've, I've never watched Justin Verlander start. I've watched so many in my life where that has happened. You even look at the he game had he had. pitches through three. I, was, I bet you that's almost never happened in his career before. He allowed, I'm going to count to that right now because I saw it before. I was shocked by it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hard hit balls. Only those were only hit against his fastball. Jeez. Like that, it's, the slider looked great, and he couldn't. It's just, God, it's just so many little things just went and went and went. Max Scherzer is cruising through four innings. He has nine strikeouts through cruising. four. Looks like his best start of the year. He'd given up five hits at that point. Not one of them had left the infield. And then at one point, the Braves get three infield hits in a row because they have voodoo witchcraft magic. And you just see, like, you see everyone get, like, really visibly frustrated because, like, how they just squeak that run across for nothing? I saw Scherzer just be like, ah, dang, like, Alvarez, Beatty, like everybody in the same moment, like exalted. You even heard like Gary talk about yeah. it. He was like, sometimes it's just this is still just a game that you play as a kid. Like you just feel those emotions that like, come to you. You just have to react. Like it's very raw. And then once that happened, it was like the Braves just just found it. Like the second they even like sniffed that little bit of weakness, we're like, oh, they're frustrated. Let's go get them. Last seven balls that Scherzer allowed in play on Wednesday were at 96 miles an hour or harder. Yeah. Last seven. That was over, over, over almost two full innings. And it's just like, if they're making that much hard contact, eventually the ball's either going to find a gap, find some grass, or find the seats like it did a lot at the end of the game on Thursday. And it's just, it's just, that's, it's hard. It hurts. It sucks. It sucks too. Cause like there's, there's a world where if things went right in this series, we're having a really fun episode, but nothing, nothing went right. Like, uh, and I feel like you could tell that everybody's feeling it too. Everybody's feeling a little pressure. Everybody's feeling like what's going on little pressing a little bit just because i mean like listening to gary in the in the booth today he was particularly uh i don't want to say emotional but maybe particularly uh dramatic i guess with his calls on things like there was 
a big strikeout call that was on an inside or an outside pitch that was like way off the plate that Omar Nervaya stole. Mm-hmm. And he called it like strike, and he was pumped. And it was like the Mets were up a, like 10-7. I think it was Ozuna in the ninth. Maybe it was Ozuna in the ninth. And he he like was pumped, like very, very yeah. excited. And you're like, everybody felt like this was very much a must-win game. And now like you're looking at the season, the way that it's going for the Mets. And it's like the, the baseball, the, the quality of play has got to be turned around quickly because we're approaching the all-star break. We're still a month away, I understand. But like, you don't want to keep losing ground. And right now the Mets are not gaining any, which is not good. Gary made the comment that Buck was managing Thursday's game as if it was game seven of the World Series, which yeah. is like in one sense, like, yeah, it's like do everything you can to win this game. Like don't lose another game to your rivals. But on the other hand, it's like that you can't manage 99 straight games like that. Like there's just the, yeah. no, no one has enough depth, enough depth to treat every single game like no. game seven of the World Series. Like, and like you just felt it. Like I even I even thought when Verlander was getting into trouble, I think that f- when he was when he had walked a few consecutive batters, Acuna with the bases loaded, that 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 bat in the third inning. Like I was like I, I wouldn't even hate to see David Robertson against Raleigh Acuna with the bases loaded up by three runs in the third inning. Like, yeah, it did feel like that. It really it really did. And you could just feel everybody pressing the sixth loss in a row. Like it's a couple of different losing streaks this year of at least five games, and it's it's uh, at least this one you're throwing punches, and it's just the other guy is just it's just rubbing right off him. Yeah, it just especially hurts too because like we have you know two guys who are supposed to be stoppers and they just couldn't they couldn't stop the bleeding couldn't stop the bleeding this this series and I mean the the loss doesn't fall on Scherzer or Verlander it's you know as a team as a whole but you know we those guys are supposed to be the aces and we we need a little bit more we just need a little bit more I don't know I don't know what to say because it's just nothing is going right like they could have pitched great and then the Mets wouldn't have scored enough runs like that's just kind of the way it feels like everything has been going since the month of May came around, honestly. Yeah, they were both very accountable, too. When they, like, after the game, they yeah, were like, no, definitely. need to be better, and, like, that's that's what you expect from them. You wouldn't, again, wouldn't expect anything less, but you just, like, see the frustration, their their eyes, their face, like, the way they're talking. Like, Verlander looks, I'm watching right now, it's freaking podcasting, almost 11.30 at night. Verlander just looks perplexed talking to the media. He's, like, he's shaking his head. He's, just, I, he's like, I, I really, I really just, I don't know what went wrong. I don't, and even like, it's funny, like the series starts again, like re- pretty good performance by Carlos Carrasco, who's turning in like a nice month of pitching. He got up to 95 miles an hour. Like he got eight whiffs on his changeup. Like, and it, it's just like that extra inning, that third time around the batting order. Like they're scorching the ball. And it's just like, oh, I gotta get three more outs. It's just, oh, couldn't even do Scherzer it. was pumping 95, 96 up until that last inning where he started to get hit. It's just like, like, uh, some I don't even know if this is the right term because like I don't somebody something has to step up some the team whatever it is just got to reevaluate what we're doing because whatever's happening right now is just really not working I think like from a just very very blatant standpoint like I don't think anybody agreed or would think that what's happening right now with the team is good like I don't think anybody's gonna be like this is exactly this is the plan this is what we want to roll with this is how things should be like I think you got it. You almost have to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what do we need to fix? How do we fix this? What's the plan moving forward? Because the current plan, you almost crumble it up and throw it out the window and say, it's not working. It's not working. We got to, we got to try something else. Cause how many, how many times you keep trying until it doesn't, right? No, I don't know. I think we got to do have to give the Braves some credit as much as we hate them. I, I will, I will talk good crap team. About, I'll talk crap about the Braves all day until I'm blue in the face. Like literally, I could do this for hours and hours and hours because I hate them. I hate them oh, almost yeah. more than almost anything sports related ever I've experienced in my entire life. But, you should really we get it for like me... two hours today off air. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, and it could have gone for longer. We were both just like, all right, we got to do something with our lives. But yeah, the smoke outside and wasn't really going outside. But um, oh, where was I going with this? 
Yeah, like you you look up and down this lineup and like half more than half of these guys are homegrown studs. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. is one of the most talented baseball players any of us are probably ever going to see in our conscious <laughs> lives. Like we could just say that case in point. Like Ozzy Albies, who is the guy who was like the star has like kind of received into just being like a role player and he's still really really good at that. Just oh, <laughs> Michael Harris, freaking Austin Riley. Game. Oh, I, I can't, I can't even believe like just watching all these games in SNY over the years. I've never seen a player's respect levels completely 180 from the mess booth like Austin Riley. Yeah, they went from like completely demeaning him and bemoaning him for years. His defense, his offense, his free swinging nature to now think like believing that he is truly one of the best players in baseball. And there are times he has stretches Did- like one of the best players in baseball, but. What did you hear? What was in the ninth inning with Robertson, where it was like, "Do you pitch to Olson or do you walk him to go to Riley or tenth? And they were like, "Olson!" Screamed. Keith screams like, "Olson!" (laughs) Now Riley. It's like this team just. I hate everything about the Braves. I hate them so much. Even, I hate like, them. Even like shout out their talent to pick the carcass that is the Oakland Athletics and acquire Matt Olson and Sean Murphy for basically nothing. Like Matt, nothing imagine, for nothing. Imagine, for imagine nothing. being able to do that. And again, like can't, can't say anything. We last year acquired Chris Bassett for also ba- literally nothing yes. from the Oakland Athletics. That's just what you do with that team. But for them to double dip and get two elite, <laughs> elite position players in the prime of their careers who are now locked up until we're going to be in our thirties. Like how much does that hurt? Travis Darno, I can't even believe <laughs> Of all, of all the cruel injustice oh. in the universe, that he just hits fourth for this team and laces the ball left, right, center. It doesn't even matter. And even just you have to give it up to them for like just even a bit of organizational philosophy because they have a guy in Mike Soroka who was like one of their prized possessions a few years ago, one of the best young pitchers in baseball. Came up as a 21 year old and had one of the best ERAs in the entire league, battling through crazy injuries to come back for the last few years. Amazing story. He comes back, gets called up after a decent stretch in AAA, makes two starts, looks awful, and they send him <laughs> down because they're like, you know what? You're not ready. We don't care. We don't care about nice stories. It doesn't really matter. Like, we yeah. have a 19-year-old, AJ Smith-Shauber, who's going to come up and give us better results. Like, we have a bullpen full of guys who are pitching better than you right now. Like, we're really happy for you, but it doesn't matter because we're here. We're going yeah. to make quick decisions really fast, get results. Even the hero of Thursday's game, goddamn Orlando Arcia. Like, he's yeah. – He's completely banished from the Milwaukee Brewers. You know how bad a hitter you have to be for the Brewers to banish you? So and bad. He caught back on with this team a few years ago. He's just been a really good backup utility type infielder. He He's played infield, outfield, second base. They made him their primary shortstop over a hot young prospect in Vaughn Grissom, <laughs> who people left and right were like, he's the shortstop of the future. He's going in like an eighth round of fantasy baseball drafts. Orlando Arcia is hitting like 320, playing incredible <laughs> defense at shortstop, sitting ninth inning home runs off David Robertson to tie the game. Oh, they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> I was about to say, they can't keep getting away with this. Like, it, it sucks so bad. But I, it's like, you look up and down, you're like, I hate you so much. But like, how can I not respect what you've done with this organization? It's ridiculous. The entire bullpen they built. The, God, respect Colin them in McHugh, the least Joe, amount of ways. Joe Jimenez, Nick Anderson, like they're grabbing these guys out of everywhere. Freaking Kirby Yates. I hate Kirby Yates. They're just grabbing <laughs> these guys off of anywhere. Jesse Chavez, the bane of my existence. It just it just doesn't stop. Greeks are smart people, man. We're we're a smart group of guys, and uh, Alex Anthopoulos has really been just not missing since he's gotten to Atlanta. Would be I. I don't want to talk positively about them. I hate them. I hate the Braves so much. I'm so tired. I'm sick and tired of the Atlanta Braves. I'm sick and tired of them. I just. Uh, I just want to yell. I just want to yell and scream. 
I would love to sit outside and listen to Marvin's room and be sad, but there's smoke in the air. It's unhealthy. <laughs> it would be like smoking five cigarettes if I sit out there for an hour or whatever the the, the there, news is so telling many, you. It's just so many different stats on how many cigarettes you will inhale <laughs> whether you stay outside for an hour. I've seen 35 different numbers for that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think I'd love I to just really be sad boy right now and just kind of just vibe and forget. It's hot in my apartment. This is just this is awful. It's terrible. The lights are shining bright. It's late. I feel bad for Vito. He's gonna have to edit this till we the wee hours of the evening. I'm just it's 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 all bad. It's pain. It's pain everywhere. Yeah, I mean maybe for Vito we'll keep this one a little shorter than normal. We've been uh, going 20 minutes already. Maybe it's time to go ahead and bring in John for the estimate here. I'm sure we'll we'll still whine about the Braves and just how much we hate them, but I think it's time to get uh, John in here. John, give us that estimate. Hi, guys. Yeah, sorry. It's 11.09 <laughs> p.m. right now. And um, and isn't it the worst thing that this was the longest Mets game of the season as well? Oh, it's it's so just, great. It's, <laughs> so it is absolute hell that that game was the longest one. Why? Oh, so long. Oh, my goodness. What a night. But anyway. Hey, as Bill Belichick once said, we're not on the Cincinnati, but we're on the Pittsburgh. And uh, the estimate keeps moving along no matter what. James pulled out the win. The hardest hit ball in the series was 110.9 miles per hour. So, uh, unfortunately, the ball giveaway, look, that was a tough one, maybe too tough uh, when we're talking decimal places and, and all that jazz. Uh, James, you said someone came within a, a tenth of, of nailing it, right? Two someone had 110.8. Two people did 110.8. Guess 110.8. I guessed 111.1 in our thing, so I was pretty dang close. But I don't know if you guys realize, but the Mets haven't won a game since we started these promotions. So we're gonna take a, <laughs> we're gonna take a break during the Pirate series, and then maybe we'll get back to it. Yeah, definitely. Need I'm, a little com- break. I'm confident. I'm confident that we will be back to uh, giving out some some awesome signed merch. But yeah, so for the Pirate series, both teams actually have one guy that the other team just cannot get out. For the Pirates, that guy is Eduardo Escobar, who they've never been able to get out. A 402 career batting average for Escobar against the Pirates. Former Brewer, pretty big sample size. And for the Mets, the guy they cannot get out, as James is enjoying this, is Rodolfo Castro, who has five home runs in 11 career games against the Mets. Five of his 22 home runs against the Mets, the most he's hit against any team in his career. So I want you guys to tell me, now that we have that information laid out, no script necessary. What will be the total runs, hits, and RBIs by both Rodolfo Castro and Eduardo Escobar in this weekend series? I think we're getting one lefty guaranteed with Rich Hill. So you got to think Eduardo Escobar is going to play in that yep. one. You got Johan Oviedo and Johan Oviedo, a righty in game two. Mitch Keller, a righty in game three for the Pirates. It's hits and runs, we said, hits and runs? And, and RBI. RBI. It's like the it's, uh, it's like the RBIs. points, rebounds, assist parlay on the on the yeah. hoop side of things. Hits, runs, wonder, RBIs. Yeah, I wonder why they don't offer that unless they do, and I'm missing it. Interesting. Yeah, you don't see that too often. I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna give you this number here. Yeah. And if man, I really, I don't. Yeah. No, okay. no, I got a number. I got a number. Guys, Same. the sun's gonna come up tomorrow. Hopefully, it's not blocked <laughs> by smoke. It might not. There's smoke. Yeah, over, a so. shadow of smog over the city. Atlanta deserves right, more smog. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll count it down. Three, two, one. Bang. Bang. One, five. Seven. Ooh. Okay. okay. Nice. I was thinking six. I went down to five. It's on the back of a uh, messed up sticker. <laughs> Mark's refusal to Very have good. paper or get a whiteboard. No. No. Never. 
Well, guys, we uh, we talked about superstitions ad nauseum last year, and um, you know, if anyone can can bust this slump, do whatever it is, Mets up listeners. Let us know what you're doing. Get the boys back on track, and they will. They always do. It's a, it's a long season. We need to invest in a gong for the Mets up podcast. We need one. I need Mets to hit a gong so badly. It's crazy. Oh my Something god! Like Just that. hit. Well, guys. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully not anything. Uh, but enjoy the weekend. <laughs> Let's go Mets, and we'll see you guys on Sunday. She want it to be known, even though we're done with the estimates, supposed to be talking about the Pirates. I still hate the Braves, like probably more than anything in sports. Yeah, definitely. I think they've got to be my most hated team, most most hated city. I've been giving Philly a lot of crap and a lot of a lot of just trash talking over the years, but it's also because the Mets beat them. With the Braves, I hate the team. I hate the city. I hate the players. I hate everything about them. I hate their stupid chants and the chop and everything. And they still keep beating us, and that's I, I can't I can't talk trash. I can't do it. We don't beat them. It's it's fresh. You know what I would do to talk trash on the Braves? Oh, I'd love it. No, but that is the problem. That is like the crux of this. Like it's completely demoralizing. Like they are so excited to play against the Mets. Like they circle so like on the excited. calendar. They're high fiving in the locker room. Like there's a pep in their step. Like Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna. Like Ronald Acuna gets brushed back off the plate. And he lays in the dirt like making a freaking sand angel for like eight minutes, and it's just like. Guys are just having way too much fun. It's way too easy for them. Like, Pete Alonso we going to have. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I thought we were going to have some juice with the Pete Alonso stuff. A little, bit of, again, tra- little like, bit of trash talk. And then the, those, like, you, you guy gets hit and their fans cheer. Like, could you imagine doing yeah. that? Like, what kind of people are these? Uh, it's not, not, not the fans that I want to associate with, but God, I hate them. I guess let's stop talking about them. Let's talk about this Pirate series, which is unbelievably important monumental incredibly important i mean the mets have to mets have to win this series there's no like hey we got to play good baseball you got to win the series against the pirates this is a team you could be competing for the wild card with no it's a team you're actively competing with the wild card with and you only get six shots at them so winning these games are going to be wildly wildly important um i don't know it's like hey, the pirates have some fun pitchers like we're going to see mitch keller in the series sunday's projected star there he's I, I, I'm hard to even in it. Like I'm just trying to talk about this stuff. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like Mitch Keller has been great. His last two starts have been not that good. They just lost, dropped a series to the A's, which is funny. Uh, just like the Braves somehow dropped series to the A's. Could you even? I, I want to like watch yeah. those games back. Like I'll spend like eight hours of my life watching those three games just to watch them lose. It makes me but... want to punch my camera hearing that. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? But Mitch Keller has been great. He really reworked everything about his game ahead of last year. He went to Tread Athletics, which is a new uh, pitching lab, like akin to drive. Oh, line. He went to Tread. Yeah, he went to Tread. He's like he's like oh, the wow. Tread Boaster boy for sure. Shout out uh, the guys that I was playing with in the game in North Carolina this weekend. Uh, college burnout and our pitcher. I don't remember his name. I think it might have been Aiden or or Garrett or something like that. But they were Tread Athletic guys. Nice. That's pretty cool. And. uh yeah, I mean, the big thing that Keller did, too, is just his slider has become ridiculously good. He had a couple miles an hour on his uh, on his fastball and his sinker. He's just he's, He makes his five pitches this year, even though the fastball, the sinker, and the slider are really the three big ones. Cutter's pretty okay, too. Guy's a good pitcher. He's a really good pitcher. He's probably going to make the NL All-Star team. He's he's just, he's he's just he's the one who's, like, really led this charge to turn this Pirates team from, like, oh, maybe they'll win, like, 75 games. Like, oh, they could actually get in, get in play for a National League wildcard spot. And... It's a lesson to us all about pitching development. It's not linear, man. It's not linear. It's hard. You go back and forth. No. Like you can have a five ERA one year and come back in two years, learn a new pitcher, be an all star. Like that's just, it's hard. It's hard out there to develop a pitcher. But that's 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 uh, it's Mitch Keller for us. And then also got a shout out my boy David Bednar. Yeah, legend. What, what truly has become one of the best relievers in the league. It's crazy for me to say that because I just like 
I've like met him a bunch of times. Like he's one of my best friend's cousins. Like shout out Ross. He was here for a couple weekends ago. Going to his bachelor party in like about a month from today. Dave Better is a great guy, and he's an even better pitcher, which is crazy to say because he's that good of a guy. He's probably like the best splitter in all of baseball. It's disgusting. He learned it from. I always get the story wrong. We've talked about it before. I think I've said it wrong. He hit me Kirby up. Kirby Yates. Time. Yeah, it was Yates, but it was someone else that did it too. Might have been Nomo. Might have been like Nomo to Yates and Yates to Bednar or something like that, but. That's where he got the splitter from. Pitch is great. He's throwing a curveball this year. He's always throwing a curveball too, but it's like quite good. And it's, he's really good. Everything about Dave Bednar is really good. Sits 96 with that fastball. Really good pitcher. Really good dude. Shout him out. Hope he hit him a couple times, but I'm not going to do anything. And the worst part, this is going to be the worst part of this whole preview right here because the most exciting pitcher in the Pirates, usually you guys have never heard of him. 28 other franchises in baseball have never heard of this person, <laughs> but there is one that knows him pretty well, and it's the Mets. It's Colin yeah. Holderman. Colin Holderman's throwing 99 miles an hour now, and he has a brand new, yeah. uh, what pitch was it? I was looking at it the other day. I think it's tell him a slider or something. Yeah, it's just the Pirates now have like one of these good pitching labs. Like Ben Charrington took over that team oh, a few yeah. years ago and it's totally reworked like everything about their organization. Looking good, yes. Yeah, just to give you some bullpen stuff real quick with them. They have one, two, three, four, five, five relievers with uh, 20 or more innings with an ERA under three. Three of those have an ERA under two. Mm-hmm. Johan Ramirez, who I believe was cast off by the Mariners a few years ago, a guy who throws like 100, I believe. Uh, Dari Moretta was a guy I think that the Reds wrote off, and he's been fantastic. He's been unhittable. Dave Bednar, like you mentioned. Jose Hernandez, I've never I've never seen this man on planet Earth. He's he's a rookie. 25 innings, he's been untouchable. Like they just, they've just uh, they They've got something cooking with that bullpen, so if they get a lead, I think I saw a stat there, 31-0 when leading after the eighth inning. They have not lost a game this year. Johan has an insane slider, Johan Ramirez. It's really, really good. Dario Moretta is like just a pure junk baller. But no, yeah, the team seems interesting. Team's fun. I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, it's terrible. Even just now, break down a couple lineup guys who I think are interesting. Shout out Josh Palacios. He's a Brooklyn kid. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty fun. Local dude. Um, Brian. Who are you going to shout out? Where's your boy? Where's your boy, James? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get okay. to him. We got to shout out right. the real guys first. Brian Reynolds is good. Andrew McCutcheon's approaching 2,000 hits. Might have to just watch that celebration this weekend, which will be always great. Jack Sawinski is like, Jack Swinski is like if Tyler O'Neill was a couple inches shorter and allowed to play baseball. Like that's <laughs> kind of what he is right now. He's pretty fun. Brian Hayes is like never taking the step, but he's still like hits the ball pretty hard and is a really good defensive third baseman. And then my boy, Mark there knows him. I've been talking about him for years. G Wan Bay. A Bay Bay. G Wan Bay is just an exciting young player. He was like a guy I love in the minors because he just never ever struck out. Amazing back control, amazing hit tool. He's like kind of starting to sell out a little bit, trying to get some power, but he's a freak on the base pass he is so fast i think he has like 19 steals now or something like that he's great he's not really great but he's a lot of fun you know what I mean? he's, <laughs> he's a good baseball player i respect the hell out of g1 18 steals 18 steals in 56 games yeah fun dude. and I mean, you you know gary and keith and ron or whatever combination of them will be there are gonna have a field day with tucapita marcano's name they're gonna love yeah. that <laughs> they are carlos Santana, an old an old veteran uh we're gonna uh, oh the guy over. that we should have been trading for for years austin hedges get to watch yeah. him Oh terrible john's boy rodolfo castro it's just like that's there they have they have some cools we're gonna see old friend rich hill one of my favorite pitchers in baseball someone yeah. i'd someone I, i'd give i give up red meat to have him on this mets team right now <laughs> but <laughs> it's like that's a new one i'd give up red meat <laughs> that's just it's a, it's a seinfeld line george um god just just i'm just i, I would like this team you left this series and you're like we didn't even just like play bad. Like they just, someone else just like completely just, just pulled the rug over on us, pulled the wall I mean, over on us. It feels like you spun me around like a hundred times and then dropped me in a place I've never been. And we're like, get home. And that's how I feel right now. It was like, disoriented. <laughs> where, have I, 
post where where am i what am i doing what's Mr. my Krabs. name i have no wallet i have no id i don't know what my name is it's like <laughs> i'm dropped off in you know a foreign country and they're like figure out how to walk home to uh you know queens new york and you have Good no luck idea. you have no money either like i just i really i'm flabbergasted i'm flabbergasted at how this season has gone no i'm i'm, I'm very very intrigued to see how this team picks himself up off the map because this is a really important series and you got to play and you got to win this series. This is, this is it. This is the team you're competing against. You just got to do it. Let it be known. Uh, it's June 8th, 11:43 at night. We were declaring it's must win baseball season. for it's the New York Mets. We got 98 games left or 99 games left. It's been sweating. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be a hot summer boys. It's going to be a hot <laughs> summer. That's all I know. Oh, we got anything else or we want to let Vito start editing because uh, yeah, it's, I, I it's could, already I, too late. I could go literally all night, but yeah, we have yeah. to stop. I'm not even going to do a fun outro. James, where's your, what's your Twitter? <laughs> James underscore Shiano. I'm not even tweeting because I'm so sad. I'm Giraffe Neckmark with a C. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Ozzy Albies is still overrated, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Peace out. Peace out. See you guys next time.